there's a saying that people say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's true. Uh, you go to the market and you forget to make your list of groceries you get, and you get there, oh my God, oh, what do I need? What do I? You, you just you set yourself up for failure because you don't remember and you should have written it down or you left the list at home. You got to plan well and then still you might fail, but better chance that you'll succeed because you had a plan and you can fulfill the plan. Well, I thought of that because um, for me, it, it begs this question. Why do we pray to God? Why do we pray to God? Is it to convince God that he needs to do something? Is it to remind him because God is forgetful? Is it to try to trick him into doing what we need or want? Why do we tell God in prayer what we would like or what we need? And I think it's not about doing anything to God, it's about us. Because if we come to God and we are ready to receive, God's going to give because God gives. God is so generous. Isn't, isn't this what you say in divine mercy? He's full of mercy. He's full of mercy. But are we ready to receive it? Do we plan? Do we plan to receive it? I was watching um, some Netflix thing about uh, street dancers, and um, as, especially in the black community, but Latino uh, minorities, but they they they've done they do this dance, you know, where they, they they all this muscle stuff. But they but I just assumed it was kind of goofy, uh, you know, off the top of their head. But these people work at this, and and there was this black young man that was it was just beautiful listening to him. He said. When I listen to the music, and often classical music, he says, I'm hearing colors. I'm hearing colors, and, and his body's responding to all these things. But here's the part I like. If you've ever watched uh, people who do ballet or do any kind of dancing, what do they do before they go out there and dance? Hmm? They warm up. Oh, yeah, they practice, but they warm up. They would never go out on the dance floor and do those things that they do, the splits and these bending over and touching the floor. And they, they have to warm up every muscle. And they do it. They stretch and they warm up. And, and then they go out prepared. Prepared not to fail, but prepared so that they won't fail. And I think that prayer is very close to that that the reason we come to God and pray is to open ourselves to receive all that God wants to give us. And I don't know about you, but I've been a priest 46 years, and I'm telling you, God is generous. God keeps giving. And even as said in, in that second reading, if we deny, uh, Jesus said, if we deny him, he'll deny us, but he can't deny himself. And it's a, it's a very weird little phrase in there because, because it's not that God will deny us, it's that We've planned to fail. We weren't ready to receive what God wants to give. Now, you might think of splitting hairs. Oh, come on, Father. Praying is important. It is important. But it's what it does to us that's important about prayer. It opens our spirit at the deepest level. So today we have a, a beautiful example of this. We have Naaman the Syrian. 
Now, uh, people were always fighting with the Jews, and, and so uh, they had some battles, and this little Jewish girl got captured. So she became a servant girl to one of the women in the quarter. And um, Naaman, who was a very serious and important soldier, came down with leprosy. So you all know what happens when you become a leper. You, you get expelled from the community. You can't be around anybody because you're so contagious. So uh, this girl, because she was a servant and she knew that the prophet could help Naaman, so she approached Naaman and said, if you go to the prophet, he will tell you how you can be healed. You should trust the prophet. He's a prophet of God. And so the prophet tells Naaman that he should go immerse himself in this little river, but a real dumpy, muddy, yucky river. Uh, it's kind of like if, 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 you, if, if that river over there by the freeway was raging river, but then there was a, a little uh, cement one with, with uh, dirty water in it. Go wash yourself in that water. He says, what? Excuse me? I'm Naaman. I'm Naaman. I should have to do something incredibly difficult and powerful to prove to God my love. No, this is what I should do. So the girl says to him, listen, if the prophet had asked you to do something very, very difficult, you would have done it. He says, of course, because he's very important, you know. But he says, shouldn't you listen all the more? If the prophet asked you to do something very simple, but that's what the prophet asked, shouldn't you trust the prophet's words? Please do what the prophet said. So he does. He goes and washes himself seven times, that magic number in the Bible, seven times in this wadi, this little murky river, and he's cleansed. But the beauty of this story, because he resisted, he wasn't open. He wasn't going to do what the prophet said. He thought he knew better. He thought he was too important. But when he listened and did what the prophet asked, he experienced his cleansing. And just like in the gospel, not only was he cleansed on the outside, but he came to be a man of faith, believing in this God, uh, the God of Elisha the prophet. Similarly, in the gospel story, the ten lepers are there, and they're a little community of lepers separated from the bigger community because they were so contagious. And when Jesus walked by, they started shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, I read the text many times. He didn't, they didn't say, heal us, take away our leprosy. They just said, have mercy. There's lots of ways to get mercy. We're hungry. Can you give us some food? Will you give us a blessing? Will you, will you just look on us with love? Uh, can, you, can you find some water for us? There's all kinds of ways to be uh, experiencing the mercy of God. But Jesus said, Go show yourselves to your priest, which were the code words after, after a leper was cleansed. They weren't cleansed yet. And Jesus sent them without cleansing them, said, go show yourselves to the priest, because that's who would declare that they were clean, the priest. But on their way, they were cleansed. Now, this is a wonderful story because not only was it a group healing, 10 people were healed, but they were healed in the process of on the way, on the road, while they were going, they got cleansed. And the person who recognized it and was overjoyed was the Samaritan, the enemy of the Jews. 
somebody who didn't get along with the Jews. And so he recognized it, and he was so overcome. He ran to Jesus, praising God, falling on his knees and, you know, praising him. And Jesus said, well, there were ten that were cleansed. Where are the other nine? Only one came back, and a foreigner, an enemy of the Jews, that one came back praising God? It's the Jews that should have been praised. In other words, like, if, if somebody here experienced the mercy of God and, and, and everybody left and nobody said anything, I'd say, wait a minute, aren't you the divine mercy people? You're the ones who are supposed to recognize the mercy of God and be grateful. What's going on here? But let's say there was somebody who wasn't even a Christian, but came in and experienced the same thing and was overcome. And came up to me and said, Father Perry, uh, um, I know you don't know me. I'm not even a Christian. I've never been baptized. But I experienced God's mercy here today like I, I never have. What could I do? And we'd all say, wow, that's the one who came back praising God? What happened to the divine mercy people? So here we have a Samaritan praising God. And Jesus notes it. But this is what he says to him. It's your faith that saved you. And let me put that in other words. It's your openness to God that, that saved you. You didn't come with a closed heart. You were blessed enormously, and you were able to receive it. Not only the cleansing, but the grace that moved you to faith. Today, at the end of the service, we'll have benediction, and we'll put the Eucharist here. And you'll come up, to genuflect, to touch, to kiss, well, whatever you will do to express your faith. And I'd say, although we always talk like this, this is not to please Jesus or make Jesus better. Jesus is already God. <laughs> Can you improve, could anybody here prove God, make God a better God? No answers? No, you can't. God's already almighty. But to come up here before God and open ourselves is to allow the grace and the love of God to fill us and do something extraordinary in us. Maybe move us to deeper faith. Maybe we'll end up praising God because we've experienced that mercy. So today, I don't think I'm telling you anything new, but today these, these Scripture readings are telling us you know, the need to be open to God and the, the need to be grateful to God because it's in our gratitude that we get blessed even more. I'll say doubly, triply. It's our gratitude that opens us and lets that grace in. So we got to, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And if we just are doing activities, which I know we're not, we're here in, in grace and in prayer, then, then God will work wonders for us. And it's for us to open our eyes and see it, catch it, and then be filled with gratitude.